Welcome to First Formation, spiritual exercise for Christian soldiers looking to get the fuck up and pray. Join Pew Pew HQ every weekday morning to hear the good news through grunts and with grunts in the unity of the Holy Spirit as one church forever and ever. Fall in. Hey listeners, just a quick heads up that this morning's readings have some strong language around sexuality. Psalm 112 Praise the Lord. Happier those who fear the Lord, who greatly delight in His commandments. Their descendants will be mighty in the land. The generation of the upright will be blessed. Wealth and riches are in their houses, and their righteousness endures forever. They rise in the darkness as a light for the upright. They are gracious, merciful, and righteous. It is well with those who deal generously and lend, who conduct their affairs with justice. For the righteous will never be moved. They will be remembered forever. They are not afraid of evil tidings. Their hearts are firm. They will not be afraid. In the end, they will look in triumph on their foes. They have distributed freely. They have given to the poor. Their righteousness endures forever. Their horn is exalted in honor. The wicked see it and are angry. They gnash their teeth and melt away. The desire of the wicked comes to nothing. Jeremiah chapter 3, verses 6 through 14. The Lord said to me in the days of King Josiah, Have you seen what she did, that faithless one Israel, how she went up on every hill and under every green tree and played the whore there? And I thought, after she has done all this, she will return to me. But she did not return. And her false sister Judah saw it. She saw that for all the adulteries of the faithless one, Israel, I had sent her away with a decree of divorce. Yet her false sister, Judah, did not fear. But she too went and played the whore. Because she took her whoredom so lightly, she polluted the land, committing adultery with stone and tree. Yet for all, yet for all this, her false sister, Judah, did not return to me with her whole heart, but only in pretense, says the Lord. Then the Lord said to me, Faithless Israel has shown herself less guilty than false Judah. Go and proclaim these words toward the north and say, Return, faithless Israel, says the Lord. I will not look on you in anger, for I am merciful, says the Lord. I will not be angry forever. Only acknowledge your guilt that you have rebelled against the Lord your God and scattered your favors among strangers under every tree and have not obeyed my voice, says the Lord. Return, O faithless children, says the Lord, for I am your master. I will take you, one from a city and two from a family, and I will bring you to Zion. The Gospel of Matthew, chapter 5, verses 27 through 36. You have heard it said that you shall not commit adultery, but I say to you that everyone who looks at a woman with lust has already committed adultery with her in his heart. If your right eye causes you to sin, tear it out and throw it away. It is better for you to lose one of your members than for your whole body to be thrown into hell. And if your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off and throw it away. It is better for you to lose one of your members than for your whole body to go into hell. It was also said, whoever divorces his wife, let let him give her a certificate of divorce. But I say to you that anyone who divorces his wife, except on the ground of unchastity, causes her to commit adultery. 
and whoever marries a divorced woman commits adultery. Again, you have heard it said, heard that it was said to those of ancient times, you shall not swear falsely, but carry out the vows you have made to the Lord. But I say to you, do not swear at all, either by heaven, for it is the throne of God, or by earth, for it is his footstool, or by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. And do not swear by your head, for you cannot make one hair white or black. Good morning and welcome to the 18th Wednesday after Pentecost. This is Brother Logan Isaac broadcasting from Walkersville, Maryland. This morning's readings come to us from Psalm 112, Jeremiah 3, and Matthew 5. And there's some difficult um, language, as I mentioned at the top of the episode. Um, and it concerns um, sexuality, and or it seems to concern sexuality, Um and uses language that uh, has been used as an epithet um, uh, disproportionately against women uh, who, yeah. Um, the, and, I, and as I typically do, I'm curious about where these words come from. And um, because the, you know, part of the reason that language is, this, this kind of language is particularly problematic is because the community it typically belittles um, wasn't a part of composing um, the Bible and, and sacred scripture. So it's easier to get away with fucked up shit um, when the people that you're hurting don't have a voice. Um, and the word in question uh, in Hebrew is zana and happens a couple of times and then um paul i'm sorry jesus in matthew's gospel talks about adultery and divorce um and the yesterday i talked about um how you know we we love talking about sexual sins because they're so um i don't know <laughs> i was about to say delicious and that may actually be the proper word um, they're exciting, they're enticing, they're appealing, they make us want to keep reading. I mean, sex sells for a reason. Um, and you compare that against um, other um, other economic uh, things like money and wealth and, and how money moves, and we like to talk about one and not the other. And so if there's abuse... You know, sexual abuse is much more attention-grabbing than economic abuse or exploitation. Even though I, I, I think that um, economic abuse can leave uh, more, just as many scars, if not more, because it affects your ability to, you know, provide for yourself and your family. Um, physical traumas and abuse, sexual or not, um, they can be contained more or less within. You know, you you can keep them secret, right? Um, and only a few people know. But economic abuse and exploitation, it doesn't matter who knows. If you can't earn a living, you know, what does it matter if everybody knows or nobody knows? But anyway, I digress. Um, the, uh, the, the word, the Hebrew word used in Jeremiah is zanah. And if you look it up on, you know, a... a 
concordance or whatever it'll say, this boring, old, archaic word, uh, sexual epithet. Um, but etymologically, what it implies um, is um, eating too much, um, highly fed. Uh, the root word um, on Blue Letter Bible talks about being highly fed and therefore wanton. Um, I think that's also in the um, yeah Strong's definition. Anyway, um, and it made me think, highly fed. Um, it's interesting because the, the word for war, milchama, um, its root also has to do with devouring. Um, the problem is not sex itself. Um, I think sex and men's feelings about sex and them desiring to be the master of women or the master of anybody. And Jeremiah talks a little bit about how God is Israel's master and people, men in particular, um, want to be in control. They want to be the master of others. And one way to do that is verbal abuse. Um, and so these words are thought up and used uh, as a means of um, trying to become God over someone else, to be someone else's master through, you know, by dehumanizing them, putting them down so you feel higher and you think by being higher you're something like God. But this devouring struck me because milhama is has a similar definition. This devouring, um, it's not about sex; it's about appetite. Um, you know, being highly fed and therefore wanton implies someone who eats not because they need to be eating and they're hungry. It implies someone who eats for 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 pleasure, just for the fun of it. Um, and I think there's. Also, a lot of oh, oh, sorry, my neck got a kink in my neck this morning. There's also a lot of epithets and put downs around eating and weight, um, but it's really about appetite. It's about having an appetite and not being satisfied, so you continue to seek more out, and that is a problem. You know, I don't think that's a derogatory thing. Um, I like. In, and I bring up Melhama because war is the thing that devours. Um, death and, and war, um, and especially insofar as they are you know, kissing cousins, um, they have this insatiable appetite to devour people, livelihood, towns, families. It devours without being satisfied. Um, similarly to this zana. Sexuality can become this unsatiable appetite for some uh, that you can never get enough. And that seems to be the root of this word. Um, it isn't someone who, you know, it's not a sex positive word. And I don't think that sex positivity is forbidden by the Bible. I think the, the problem is wanting and seeking more than you need whether that's food, like manna, or whether that's sex. Um, you know, the, uh, the, that's like, I, that's, 
I mean, quite frankly, I think that's why Jesus doesn't have a huge problem with prostitutes. He doesn't see them the same way as everybody else does. He doesn't appear to see them. Um, and part of that is like they need they need to eat. They need food on the table. They might have kids. Um, it's another form of work. It's not the best work, and it's tragic that it's it's necessary, but it's work. It's not that they're trying to um, you know earn millions and and uh, <laughs> you know uh, just make money off their body for the sake of making money. They need to get by. Um, I, I'm speaking, you know, in uh, ancient history, not necessarily now, where, um, you know, uh, prostitution and or pornography could probably make you a lot of money. Um, I don't know that for sure, but I think we look down on these things because of our desire to be master over others, to be God over other people. Um, not, and so we we come up with this these shorthand phrases, these epithets, put-downs, um, that miss the mark. I mean, a zana is not someone who just, um, it's not that sex is the problem. The problem is that there's an appetite that someone doesn't know how to satisfy or doesn't know what satisfaction feels like. And so they keep doing this thing over and over, and they're not getting the thing that they seek. It's like that quote that's misattributed to Albert Einstein. You know, insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. We all have appetites. Um, and I think the deepest appetite is for togetherness. Um, and sex sure feels together. Um, but if not done in a way that is intimately unifying, um, it, you'll, you'll be left feeling empty. And instead of trying something else, like being vulnerable, um, you know, being honest with your partner, you just go find another partner. You're trying to fill, you're trying to feel satisfied. You're trying to fill something in your heart. And instead of, you know, really giving it your honest best, you just keep trying to fill it with the same thing, whether that's food, whether that's money, whether that's empty praise. Uh, the all of these things to me are strikingly similar. Um, that sex is no more a problem than money is. I mean, it's a thing that we use to try and make ourselves feel better, to feel satisfied. Um, and if we keep trying the same thing over and over again, we can't get upset when you know at, at this feeling of uh, dissatisfaction or unhappiness. Uh, we have to try something new. We don't just keep, um, you know, our body, it will tell us when we're no longer hungry. Uh, but if we keep eating and we we don't listen to our body, is what we tell our, our girls, like, we, we can't be too surprised when uh, we don't feel sad. You know, it, it's a compounding interest kind of thing. So the problem, I think, is... Um, like problem, other problems that Israel has, trying to fill this God-shaped hole and being unsuccessful in trying the same thing over and over again. And we get down on people who use sex because we have opinions about sex. We don't get down nearly as much on people who try to fill that hole with money um, or with shallow praise. 
but those should be equally as problematic um, as those who use sex. Um, and I'm I'm droning on, but I think it's an. I I don't think that we can take at face value um, that that God has a problem with zana, uh, zan, zanim maybe for plural. I don't know. God has a problem with people who do the same thing over and over again, you know, hitting their head against a wall, um, and not only possibly harm themselves, but also harm others. Um, you know, the inability to sit quietly and know when your body is telling you that you've had enough, or that God is telling you that God is enough. A prayer for the good use of leisure from the Book of Common Prayer. O God, in the course of this busy life, give us times of refreshment and peace, and grant that we may so use our leisure to rebuild our bodies and renew our minds, that our spirits may be opened to the goodness of your creation. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Thank you for falling into First Formation where PewPewHQ shares morning prayers for the humble, hardy folk caught in the crosshairs of God and country. If you like what you've heard, you can participate in one of the three following ways. First, you can support the podcast at patreon.com slash pewpewhq. You can contribute as little as a dollar a month, and you can cancel at any time if I ever piss you off. Second, you can become a co-host by recording a lectionary reading for a future episode. Instructions will be provided, and you don't have to be a grunt to collaborate with Pew Pew HQ in this or any way. Finally, you can also record and send prayer requests of a minute or less. Prayers can be included in the episode, read anonymously if you wish, or kept private for me to pray for off-air. So there you have it, three ways to participate in First Formation. I hope you'll continue to listen, even if I can't convince you to jump in. This has been Brother Logan Isaac, always faithful, Always family. Semper Familia.